no idea you were such a deep thinker, Sai. I wouldn't say that. Welcome back, fans and friends, to the Complete Guide to Horror podcast. I'm BP, and today we're discussing One Hour Photo, the 2002 American psychological thriller film written and directed by Mark Romanik, Romanik, and starring Robin Williams as a photo technician who develops an unhealthy obsession with a family to whom he has long provided services. I've had this on my hard drive for a while. And as anyone who's been listening to the podcast, anything on the hard drive is generally good, but except probably rest stop or yeah, that's about it. What? Shame on you. That's it. I want you out of here. I had it on my hard drive. I remember it being a good film. Uh, hadn't watched it for a couple of years and watched it again. I was actually pleasantly surprised. It still holds up quite well. There's far more to it than meets the eye. Even though the element of what the film is around, which is about sort of digital photos and going to a photo kiosk is somewhat dated now because you sort of can do it yourself mm. or social media. It's still like an underlining element of how creepy this is. Like a mini lux. That's a very nice camera. Really? Mm. Because Will's been trying to get me to go digital. Remember? Oh, don't do that. I'd be out of a job. <laughs> I think Robin Williams does a really good job in this. Good acting. And yeah, it's a satisfying film. And it's also something I recommend anyone to watch, particularly even like parents with, you know, young kids and, um, you know, the effects of what social media and, you know, people viewing your photos can do. I originally watched this uh, years ago. I remember Robin Williams sort of having a bit of a kick where he was doing a bunch of serious movies. That uh, This along with... Um, even though it's still kind of a bit of a comedy, but Death to Smoochie was another mm. one that was uh, quite dark. Uh, Insomnia uh, with Al Pacino as well was uh, was another one. Um, and it's just, I, I love when actors do this. I mean, we we all knew prior to this because Rob Williams had done some series like sort of dramatic films in the 80s and early 90s. Yep. Um, but this was the first performance of his where I'd seen him play sort of like a really dark, troubled psychopath basically a, a, yeah a stalker of the highest order um so it's quite unnerving to to see uh, an actor who you i guess was part of your childhood in a sense um as you're sort of growing up and then you see them in a darker role it's like oh fuck they're just like a really good actor it's just amazing to to see an actor step into those roles so that's mm. probably the most fascinating part um about this movie I think it's pretty good. I I don't think I enjoyed it as much this time when I watched it because I was trying to watch it, so I guess, from a, uh, a critic's perspective, so to speak, and try and just watch the movie as a whole. Um, and I feel like that it could have been sort of juiced up a bit more. I feel like it could have been longer. I feel like um, it they could have expanded the storyline a bit more. Um, it almost kind of felt, the story felt a little bit rushed in in, in certain points because it... Uh, from the moment he gets fired, it just sort of all kicks off really quickly. Um, and there isn't sort of really, there isn't sort of that middle period of you really seeing him go crazy. It's just boom, now he's nuts. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was sort of an issue issue that I had with the movie. But overall, I did really enjoy um, the movie. And it was just, yeah, a knockout performance by uh, Robin Williams. Now you finish out the week and clear out your locker. 
then if you do something like fuck up today's prints on print, I haven't fucked up a customer's prints in 11 years. I completely agree with yourself and Coop. I really like this movie, but I also recognize that it just needed something else to really spruce up the movie, just have some more, I guess, lengthier sequences, also to showcase more of a range of his emotional volatility, but also just a little bit of side trivia. One Hour Photo was the first DVD that I ever rented. So, <laughs> you know, going back to late 2002 and talking about Netbuckhead's Video Easy, which holds a special place in all our hearts on this podcast. I guess we look pretty silly at the moment. But uh, when it comes to ratings classifications, well, it's seriously important to choose the right movie for every member of the family. Shut your fucking mouth! Shut the fuck up, you cunt! Shut it! I remember going to Video Easy and I wanted to rent all these DVDs. And I uh, remember seeing this giant poster on the wall at Video Easy and it was Robin Williams and he had the camera. And I thought, oh, that looks cool. I want to see what that movie's about. So we rented it. I watched it. I didn't understand it as a kid. You know, oh, why is he so creepy? Why is he doing this? Why didn't you call me back? And I'd be like... Why are you so obsessed with me? For me, I'm always going to bring everything back to colour grading and technical composition. I really liked a lot of cinematography in this film. There's that one part which actually Coop's got it as his background right now. He has the wall of photos of this family and it's just so creepy because for me it's like, okay, there's a lot of photos, but then it's like, hold on. Did he blue tack all these photos on the wall himself? Did he sticky tape them? How mm. many copies did he actually print off of this family to have this shrine dedicated to this family? And seeing his, I guess, very quick descent into madness over his love for this family, it's so terrifying, but it's also this complex morality tale of seeing mm. someone who is so attached to someone else's family because he doesn't have it his, himself. But then there's some subtle hints that maybe his own father had taken pornographic images of this character as a child, that it's like, ooh, we know that trauma does, like, develop and that it shows itself in the worst ways, often, you know, ways that these characters might not understand themselves, that I think it really adds a terrifying psychological approach to this film as well, so... I love it. I have a lot of favourite parts. I have some minimal least favourite parts, which we'll get into after. I do like how accurate, I love the scene where he's at the desk and he sort of does the narration over the movie and you sort of get a bit of insight into people that come in and, you know, drop their photos off. You've got the lady with the cat, cats, and then you've got the, the young guy that takes like pornographic photos um you've got you know the families that sort of come in it's also it's interesting it's sort of like yes that is a thing and it's it's nice that they sort of capitalize that and sort of show different types of people that come in and willing to give uh you know a little thing of camera reel to a complete stranger and say do my photos it's that's like mm. the creepy thing about it um i think robin williams does a pretty good job um at his role um i just I find it so like awkward and even cringe just with some of the situations. One scene where he takes the last photo on her reel and does like the selfie. And you can sort of see that she thinks that's really weird. And I wouldn't even do that. I would even sort of be like, that's weird. Like just take mm. the photo of a desk or something like that. And when he's in the food court as well, and sort of like has the book and everything there. And it's all just a little bit like, it's pretty accurate. Um, 
sort of viewing. So I like that as well. I've definitely got one absolute favorite part in the whole movie. And it's um, another one of those moments that has stuck with me over the years. And it's when he's having that dream where his eyes are bleeding. Mm. Um, and there's that zoom in shot, his eyes open and then he's screaming. And there's like blood pouring out. I remember that scaring the fuck out of me when I was a kid being like, Whoa, what the shit. Um, but particularly because it's such like a, it's so even paced throughout the movie. And I, I feel like, like that's probably why the more erratic psychotic behavioral points throughout the movie hit so hard is because like throughout the rest of the movie, like most people, they're all like very mild mannered and like almost like they're in customer service mode. Most of this movie is within, you know, a, a shopping center. Mm. Um, I also really love, uh, Gary Cole, um, he is one of my favorite actors and to see him actually like, like he's still a dick. Like, I mean, he's always going to play a guy who's a bit of a dick, uh, but this is probably the most normal character I've ever seen him play. And I think he actually did like a really good job considering he's a lot of the time, uh, comedic relief in a lot of the movies that he appears in. So it was cool to see him be, I guess, just like the straight laced bit of a dick, uh, manager in this uh, in this movie. All right, Sai. Just this one time. But I'm telling you, find another place to do your film. I do not want you back in here. Thanks, Bill. I'm going to take a, a line out of uh, Justin's book. The color grading in this movie is very good. <laughs> um, the use of color throughout all this, just like the blinding white and the blues throughout it. It's, those are sort of like the uh, the main colors that you you see the dominant colors throughout the movie and it works really well. Cause you just feel like you're in this sterilized environment throughout the whole movie. And I, I feel like that adds to the sort of the jarring um, kind of feeling to the movie. Um, the whole, the whole movie is kind of uncomfortable and I probably, that's probably my favorite aspect of it is that it's just kind of like eerie all throughout. And of course that is uh, mainly due to Robin Williams fucking amazing performance in in this movie yeah i completely agree with yourself and coop i'm gonna throw out a controversial statement which is i think this movie was the blueprint for the 2019 joker film starring joaquin phoenix i know How about another joke, Murray? No, I think we've had enough of your jokes. But I think this movie does it slightly better in terms of actual character representation. And also, I know this is very finicky, but there's a scene in this movie where you see him at his home. He's in this very small, like, apartment. Everything's very close together and claustrophobic. And even just Robin Williams' mannerisms, you know, I'm not exactly Robin Williams' biggest fan. I find him annoying in a lot of his movies. So to see him be this cold, calculated, just strange person, I'm like, that's cool. I like when actors go against type performances. So, you know, having seen him in everything from like Mrs. Doubtfire to Patch Adams to Jumanji, everything else where he's like oh blah, 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 blah. i'm just like will you shut the fuck up and take some ritalin please like i don't care i just i don't need robin williams 100 percent all the time so seeing him in this role is amazing having said that with the going back to the comparisons with joker one thing that bothered me about the joker movie and i know this is separate to one hour photo but but things that I didn't understand about Joker was that he was this, like, really poor, broke person, but he has this huge apartment in New York City. I'm like, how the fuck? You're gonna get it. 
it's little things like that in movies that piss me off. So seeing this where he's got this, you know, clearly doesn't make a lot of money as a photo technician, lives in a small apartment, is going insane because he's lonely and has no social skills. That to me is going to make a better movie because this is a character study. This is a case study. And it also helps build this, I guess, unexpected empathy for this character because A, while you don't want him to harm anyone and you're terrified for the family being like, shit, is he going to try and kill the husband or kill the mother or do something to the children? You also kind of have this weird uh, conflicting perspective being like, oh, but he's lonely. Oh, but he has no life. So I get why he's doing it, but you don't want to feel that either. But this movie does a great job of balancing those two perspectives. So really liked all the great details written into the character, but also, you know, giving credit to the screenwriters and also the director. But without Robin Williams giving such a great performance, this could easily be a B movie or it could easily just be something where it's like, oh, showed a lot of promise, but didn't actually follow through on it. So really got to hand it to that. There's a thousand other places you could do your photos. There's no reason to come all the way down here other than to fuck with me. It's a very good reason. One thing overall with this film... And I'm going to bring back Law and Order because I watch a lot of Law and Order SVU. Yes, Ionic. Turn off the camera. We just need a minute. Just a second. Sounds a bit weird, but I just wish it was a little bit darker. Um, Mm. I know it is quite dark. It just felt like something was missing. I'm not sure if it was Robin Williams, maybe not doing the role completely. But when I'm watching it, I'm thinking I've seen like a 40-minute episode of SVU do a better job with this sort of stuff than this movie has done in areas. So I just don't know what's missing, but I just think it could have been a little bit darker, um, maybe explored a few more concepts with it. And the other thing I don't like, which I get they do for me, is I don't like when they show like the ending at the start of a movie in terms of like a little snippet. Mm. And then that's sort of on your mind because you know that's going to come back up somewhere down the track. So it kind of gives away what happens like it should have just started without that and let the viewer go is he going to get caught or what's going to happen with that what an ending who'd have thought darth vader was luke skywalker's father thank thank you mr blow the picture for me i feel like there could be more given to the story i feel like the biggest problem with it is the fact that it the psychosis is already established he's already have have been saving or he's already got the photos on his wall i would have even maybe some flashbacks to Mm. maybe how it started why this family you know like Mm. that's we never really sort of got the full story of that and i feel like because it's already established that's why the sudden snap when he gets fired it doesn't kind of pack the punch that it should because you haven't really seen the the journey of the uh, you know his depths of depravity and, and sort of reaching that psychosis i feel like there could have been more uh added to that um i actually agree with your point justin about how it um i feel like without the inclusion of robin williams and gary cole this very much could have felt like a b-grade movie it just didn't really quite pop as it could have as you said byron it could have been a lot darker it did get pretty dark um and i feel like probably the darkest part of the movie is sort of like right at the end sort of the climax of the movie where he's basically saying that um uh, I was abused as a child and my father took pictures of me. You would never take disgusting, sick, degrading pictures of your children doing these things. 
And I normally like it when sometimes the heavier moments in a movie are just delivered um, by people talking. They, they use that technique a lot in Sopranos, some of the heaviest shit. There is no God. Hey! Where is this coming from? What, what do they teach you to scrap at school? But I feel like in a movie like this, it kind of like let down the ending. The ending was kind of like, uh, okay, it sort of sort of reached a climax mm. of, of psychosis, but they could have done more with it. So I feel like that's sort of my least fa- favorite part about it is they had so much to work with, but it just didn't really hit a home run the way it really could have. Yeah. I hate, I seriously hate, I'm going to get very angry about this. Because can you imagine if every Scream movie started with the Ghostface Killers? Like a shot of Neve Campbell in between Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich or Sam and Tara in Scream 6 with the three Ghostface Killers? It just takes away from the moment because you're like, well, what am I waiting for? Like, why did it change suddenly? It's very lazy filmmaking. I fucking hate it. I wish filmmakers would stop doing this. So for me, I've actually created my own intro for this movie just while we've been talking. For me, they could have easily had so many segments where maybe it shows like Robin Williams' character getting an Employee of the Month award, or he has a whole shelf full of like awards for his work as a photo technician to really hone in how serious he is about this little photo developing store. Developing? What the fuck? I can't even say words right. But similarly, Okay, there's this really terrifying uh, opening sequence for the Australian movie Snowtown, which mm. shows one of the characters actually doing uh, child pornography, but it is such a startling opening that you're just like, what the fuck, what's going on? It leaves you feeling so uncomfortable. So the cold open for one hour photo could have been his dad taking photos of himself and then he wakes up from the nightmare but you don't know if it's a his photo tape his photo his father taking photos of him as a child or if it's something he has done to another child previously that would have made the movie a lot darker and it would have like i guess raised the stakes for the family that he's so obsessed with because it's like well is he obsessed with the wife is he obsessed with the family as a whole is he obsessed Mm. with the children it would have played into that character being so weird and isolated and alone. And mm. like Coop said, I would have liked more flashback sequences because I can't actually think of any. But at the same yeah. time, just something to show how dedicated he was to his job, but also showing that, you know, he is isolated, he's alone. Maybe he had a divorce. Maybe he's never had a partner, never had friends. They could have done your typical school flashback where it's like kids bullying him or something, just something else to really Mm. show this character's journey. And for me, that's why the start and the ending is my least favourite part. Mm. I thought the ending was kind of stupid. I know that it's supposed to be like a, you know, oh, don't worry, he'll always imagine that he's part of the family and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, no, give me an ending where he kills the family or something. <laughs> like, something serious to show that he's actually a character with threat, with intent. Not just like, oh, don't worry about it. It was just for a laugh. Ha <laughs> Like, it, mm, I don't know. But mm. I, guess, I guess I'm someone who just wants horror movies to be really <laughs> horrific if they're going to go psychological thriller path. But he was just like, we're almost there. Oh, my God, back down. It's like going on the giant drop at Dream World and you only go halfway to the top <laughs> and you're stuck there for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
maybe I'm just like think overthinking it too much. But with the boy, the the kid, I don't know if he wants to, if he has um, intentions to do something to this kid or if he just wants to be friends with this kid. So it feels like mm. the opportunity is there, but then sometimes it doesn't feel like it is. I, yeah, it's a little bit unclear, but I feel like it's the latter. It's he's you know wants to do harm to this little boy. Mm. As he did, like as his father supposedly did to him. Can you imagine if they remade this movie today? Because I can't think of any photo technician labs outside of like Officeworks or Kmart that do the direct prints mm. that you do yourself. So would it be like one hour Kmart or like 10 minute Instagram <laughs> or something? <laughs> Just another way Officeworks helps you make bigger things happen. One thing I mentioned in one of the other films was that uh, Trent Renzer of Nine Inch Nails um, composed the original film score, uh, but it does say that the director didn't use all of it and that some of the music actually went on to an EP by Nine Inch Nails called Still, which is kind of cool. Because I did actually like the 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 music in this or the composed, like the, the score. It's a bit of a uh, on-edge sort of, yeah, awkward sort of feeling undertone going throughout the filming which was good. Interestingly, Jack Nicholson was first approached to play the lead character. Jack Nicholson now or 1974? And it just says that he turned it down because he believed the role was too similar to The Shining, that he played the role in The Shining. I think that was actually a very smart decision because Mm -hmm. we all know Jack Nicholson is like, you know, he's either really, really funny or if you've watched The Shining thousands of times like I have, you know that he has those two main type of performances, very, very funny or very scary and dark. So the fact that it's Robin Williams who had just started doing serious roles, I think this was like maybe his second or third one. You know, you don't expect Robin Williams to be this isolated loner creepy weirdo you expect him to be (laughs) so it's like oh this is actually more effective (laughs) Um. you don't have to be like every second because it's distracting just says in preparation for the role he spent two and a half days at a photo developing training facility in southern california develop on a photo developing machine i do like it when actors take time out to learn about their role or somewhat look competent at doing it rather than looking ditzy or not knowing how to like hold something or use something properly and said he had to shave most of his arms upper chest and hands for the movie because of his extremely hairy body (laughs) uh what else well i mean of course he was hairy he was stuck in the jumanji board for like (laughs) 10 years so (laughs) what year is it Uh, it was brand new no. What year is it? The number 23 appears frequently throughout the movie. Catch 23 is the production company. Ah. So the photo wall, there are 854 photos, which then becomes 862 at the end of the film. So in accordance with the photography-themed nature of one-hour photo, the names of several characters are actually drawn from like actual photographers. So size assistant at the Savmart, Yoshi Araki, named for Nobu Yoshi Araki. The manager, Bill Owens, aka Gary Cole. Detective Van Derzy, which is also the photographer, James Van Derzy. Detective Outerbridge, Paul Outerbridge, the photographer. 
Maya person, aka Nancy person, and also even some of the Sabbath customers. So Mrs. Von Unworth, who is one of my favorite photographers, Ellen Von Unworth. She does a lot of like pop culture, like uh things like uh like Rihanna's album covers. She does a lot of that. She does a lot of like Playboy shoots, things like that. So when I saw Mrs. Von Unworth, I was like, oh that's like a deliberate reference then reading on wikipedia i'm like oh it was Mm. (laughs) i'll give it seven camera reels out of ten uh would have been a little bit higher but some of the negatives there sort of drew it back but yeah seven camera reels out of ten uh coop what's your rating um i'm gonna give it uh six and a half uh bleeding eyeball dreams (laughs) out of ten and Justin, your uh, rating for the film? I'm going to give it seven and a half Savmarts out of ten. I don't know what the fuck a Savmart is, but I'm just going to guess it's like a Kmart, so we'll go with that. I still think this is a really good movie. Obviously, the photo department side is a dated thing because we do our own thing, but it also does showcase that, you know, giving your personal details to a complete stranger can have devastating results and it's a good movie i think there's a a good suspense a decent payoff and yeah enough enough sort of i wouldn't really call it horror probably more thriller at this point i think it's it's definitely worth worth a watch um seeing robin williams in a a darker role um is yeah very entertaining and he does a, a very good uh good job with it um uh, I like that you mentioned uh, the the fact that you know the whole getting your photos developed is like an out of date thing. I think it would be very interesting to show this to someone who hasn't lived through that and mm-hmm. trying to explain to like I don't know like a thirteen year old taking selfies that you would take the selfie, you wouldn't see what it looked like. You would then have to go to the shop, give it to a stranger, mm-hmm. pay the money to get it developed, and then you get the picture, which I'm sure would boggle the minds of those people. So. Um, yeah, maybe if you're if you're older and you want to blow the mind of uh, the younger generation, show them this movie um, as as a way to do that. Um, but yeah, good movie, uh, good performance. Um, feel like the story could have could have been beefed up a bit more, but overall, still an entertaining watch. So while we're recording this episode, I asked my twelve year old sister if she knew what a photography lab was, and she said, "Oh, do you mean the dark room at the high school?" So she's kind of on the right path, but then I explained to her, oh, no, so back in the day you used to get, like, the disposable cameras that would take, like, 20 pictures in total, and then you would take the camera reel to a photography lab, they would develop it and bring you back the photos either one hour later or, actually, I remember 20 years ago, sometimes it would take, like, three days. Mm. And she was like, why the hell would I ever, why, why was that a thing? I'm like, hey don't ask me like (laughs) office works in kmart are still considered like oh what's that oh that's physical media so i love the differences between the generation but for this movie i think this is very entertaining i think it's a really great character case study into someone who's like lonely emotional doesn't know how to process trauma and i think it does a better job than what i'm actually giving it credit for and me trying to nitpick certain things for my own dislikes it's like, oh, well, I would have done things this way. But at the same time, like, you know, if I could do that, I'd have my own feature film. Do I have my own feature film? Hell no. <laughs> so, you know, I can't actually give it a fair critique, but definitely check it out. I think as well, the whole concept around giving your like photos to a stranger 
you know, I don't think that's necessarily changed in the sense of mm-hmm. like there's a lot of people who post about their lives on social media <coughs> me and you know <laughs> sometimes we do get stalkers or we do get crazy people who are like oh I saw the photo you posted you look really mm-hmm. great and it's like thanks mm-hmm. but I'm kind of expecting that anyway because I'm posting the photos anyway so I think it's like a nice little reminder that what you put on the internet is forever whereas back mm-hmm. 20 what 21 years ago it was just this one little photo technician has your photos now everyone has your photos mm. so mm. i think it's scary now yeah yeah thanks coop and justin for joining me to discuss one hour photo thank you thanks bp <laughs> uh viewers we have plenty more episodes in our back catalog and future episodes like comment share and all that shit and if you hated this episode come on